0: What is up, people? Thank you for checking out another edition of Morton's Law Podcast. As I record on this September 27, 2022, as always, you could check me out on YouTube, follow the show, subscribe, everything you could do to support, greatly appreciated. Follow me on Twitter at Morton's underscore Law, and uh, if you have some extra dollars or pennies or anything, please donate. It would help. A lot of work goes into the show. I appreciate the love out there, if you have it. If you don't, I understand. I hate people who solicit. It's funny, I was recently in Hoboken, and it's a nice area, and shockingly, solicitation going on everywhere. It's just so, it's such an invasion of your privacy that people would just come up and have the audacity to assume you have money for them. It's just crazy. And now the homeless people are getting more and more like brazen. They're like, You have a dollar? I'm like, what happened to change? They're like inflation, motherfucker. I'm like, damn. I'm like hey, So this court is not good enough for you, huh? You want a dollar now. It's like crazy. It is crazy in this world. It's absolutely crazy. And uh what is more crazy is the fact that rights are being taken away. In this country here, America, that's where I'm from, if anyone is listening, anywhere else in this world. And uh, it happened last week as a judge ruled in Arizona to officially ban abortion in the state. So women have to now leave the, the state to go get the abortion. It, it's just horrible. Any doctors that may try to give an abortion will be brought up on charges had their license revoked even face criminal charges it is absolutely insane of course roe v wade overturned so now states can act individually as so choose obviously more red states are going to jump on this uh arizona being the first won't be the last i don't think it's just outrageous it is and it's not gonna stop there by the way good luck if uh We're going to talk about him in a second, but good luck. Agent Orange gets back in office in 24 because he's out there rallying again. And as I've said on the show ad nauseum, he's more likely to win the election in 24 than he is to be put behind bars. So just be prepared for what his religious zealots could bring forth to this country in the next four years and what can be overturned. It's I mean, like gay marriage. Hey, it's it's on the table. Trust me. They're already talking about it, although to be fair, uh, we're going to I'm jumping ahead. Actually, you know what? I was going to make a horrible joke. It wasn't a horrible joke. It was your typical joke that I would make. So it was just along the lines with the whole Arizona abortion thing, which is true, by the way. Because I, I encountered this recently, and now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, you know, the other day I saw a woman that was pregnant, and I thought, I was like, should I say congratulations? I mean, what if she was raped? Now she has to keep it, you know? I mean, congratulations would not be in order there, right? I mean, horrible, yes, fucking horrible, but it was, it was a legitimate thought. I mean, maybe you shouldn't say congratulations to a pregnant woman anymore, especially in the state of Arizona. You never know how it happened. Okay, so getting back to Agent Orange, there was a rally recently, he has many, trust me, and he actually slipped up, speaking of gay, here, I can't do it any justice, listen for yourself. It's great country, remember I was going to say, I was going to use an expression, we have to keep our country gay, but it's unbelievable right just unbelievable that he and by the way did you notice how he caught himself but yet didn't know what to do he went uh uh i said gay but maybe they didn't hear it uh i, I went back to great again but you know uh that's been and now by the way since then he's come out and actually i went on to say is full lbgk I- i'm sorry i should know the letters <laughs> Uh, There's another audio clip out there. I won't play for you, but he essentially told a guy that he didn't look gay because he asked Trump's who's who's out there. That's that's a Trump, you know, gay for Trump or (laughs) I said that wrong. But (laughs) so he asked. And the the person that was said that he was gay, Trump goes, "You don't look gay. <laughs> that's just you don't look gay. You're not dressed a certain way. Okay, I wouldn't be offended by you." I mean, it's just this this is gonna go crazy. I mean, this is fun, but yeah, <laughs> that's this country, and what's gonna happen going forward. So, little things bother me as I am on social media periodically just to more so promote this show, occasionally scrolling through things I'd rather not do just if I'm bored. And there's so many people on Instagram and a lot of people, by the way, are trying. They're putting forth the effort in this world. And a lot of people like me just hit roadblock after roadblock. And with all the effort you put forth, you just you're not giving a break. And life is shit. It really is sometimes. But there's this whole other group of people who don't try, and they post these messages on Instagram. By the way, Instagram was was intended to be like just pictures of you, your family, your cat, your dog, your anything. And now people just want to send messages, and it's so annoying. Ugh. again, to those people that are trying life, you know, okay, fine. Life shits in your mouth. You know, maybe you want to vent a little. I get that. But there, there too many people don't fucking try. And I have to read these messages. Listen to what I one of these that I read recently. I saw one that said, "People out there holding their breath waiting for you to fail." And I went, "Wait a second. Why are you so focused on that person or people at all?" I mean, think about that. You're on IG wasting what could be productive time in your life. You're wasting that time. It's like be more productive. You know, it's funny how you say they want you to fail. I mean, I know people who never try, so they can't fail. I know these people. They exist. So if like if you're giving the bare minimum, if I could bring Office Space into it, you know, so how many pieces of flair are you wearing, figuratively speaking, in your life? I mean, there's no chance you're gonna fail if you don't try. You have to at least try. And trust me, I get knocked down a hundred times, if not more. And I have to pick myself up and just stop looking for a fucking handout. There's too many people out there. It's so frustrating to read their messages sometimes. It's like, you know, those people that sit on their couch and do nothing. They they would rather, those kind of people that were happy with the pandemic, that they were getting a check every week from the government. Now, I did get a check from the government. My my job was on pause to a degree. I could not work. But some people would rather not do anything with their life and just collect a check. That's fucking horrible. It really is. Have some ambition. Way too many people out there like that. Fucking makes me sick. So, that's that. Um, <laughs> we're going to come back on the other side. A lot of big show this past Wednesday night, A.W. Grand Slam in Queens, Arthur Ashe, some NFL talk later on. Thank you for checking it out. More in Zola podcast back after this. Welcome back to Morton's Law Podcasts, thank you again for checking it out, appreciate the love, spread the word, if you would be so kind. Alright, before I get into AEW Grand Slam, as I said before the break, Arthur Ashe, and all the good stuff, I gotta talk about something here. Now I know I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's a percentage of wrestling fans above a certain age. And I'll put that age around 40. How's that? 40. They are old enough to have witnessed the 80s and 90s. And they witnessed tremendous wrestling and compelling angles. Must-see TV, if you will. Ratings through the roof. And, you know, courtesy, casual, mainstream fans. People that wanted to see wrestling, not just the diehards. Were watching back then now for whatever reason a small percentage of said fans are holding on and trying to convince themselves that wrestling is just as good as it ever was now while you're entitled to your opinion i think you're absolutely insane you you clearly are lowering your standards and refuse to admit it And of course, there's exceptions to every rule. Listen, I've always said that. I'm not even saying nothing is good. There's definitely good elements to shows. Obviously, there's still good, even great matches. Yes, there are great matches within these shows. Not questioning that. But overall, today's product just does not hold up to what we grew up on. Again... Talking to people around the age of forty, and and don't tell me that I need to adjust and enjoy what's being presented. That's also insane. You're you're doing what Vince McMahon did. You he force fed his product to people and they stopped watching it. Now you're telling me I have to watch and enjoy because I'm what I'm the old man yelling on uh, you know from from the porch. That is crazy. And again, I'm not telling you, you shouldn't like it. Just don't push your narrative on me. Enjoy living in your bubble with the remaining wrestling fans. While the millions around and over the age of 40, by the way, who refuse to watch today's wrestling, they're not watching the product. All those fans from yesteryear don't watch anymore. And you know why? because they see it for what it is. Whenever there's a spike in the ratings, those casual fans turn it back on to go, okay, what do you got? And then they turn it back off. It's a fact. And, and, and let's be honest, when you're talking to these fans today who think everything is great, it's like talking to Trumpers. They are completely brainwashed. I mean, it's like they're in a cult and they're ready to drink the blood. It's like it's like a lot of people are in a midlife crisis and they want to be cool, but but to who? Who are you being cool to? I don't get it. And and most people laugh if you tell them you still watch wrestling. You ever encounter anyone on the street that you know, or someone just in conversation, you still watch wrestling? Are you kidding me? No, now look, some people may outgrow it for other reasons. You know, they have a family, you have no time to watch, but. If you were diehard 20 years ago, you were, you were hope you're hoping to still see something good. And so many people over time got turned off to the product that we are currently watching. Listen, good TV shows, sporting events are still drawing high numbers. I hate the excuse people use during the pandemic. I mean, the ratings are out there if you give people something to watch. They're just listen, the mainstream audience. They are not buying what wrestling is currently selling. You know, in my college years, I never missed a Monday Night War, never, ever locked in if we had two tvs we could have okay i remember in the dorm room monday night party everything flipping back and forth you know how much shows we probably a part of shows we missed because we were on nitro for probably five minutes straight if it was a great angle or a great match and then we missed raw i mean back then not everybody had the ability to record one show while watching the other especially when i was in college i just didn't have that um and, and just like I mean, when you think about wrestling then, it was must-see TV. And I'm not even going to go back to the 80s and talk about the territory days when when everything was much more compelling and there was a bigger audience regionally. You can look at the numbers. It's crazy. Don't tell me people aren't watching today because there's a million things on television. No. They would watch if you gave them something to care about. And I'm not going to tell you everything was perfect back then, 90s, 80s. Of course, it wasn't perfect. But more than anything, the majority of it was compelling. That's my take. Okay. now I'm going to go into Dynamite Grand Slam. I just had to get that off my chest because I've just been irate watching. I mean, I'm not on social media much, but I know of people who drink the Kool-Aid. And want to tell you everything is as great as it used to be. It's not true. It's not true. Okay. And don't tell me to stop watching. I'm going to, I have this show. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to critique what I'm watching. Am I fair? Yes. I'm going to tell you when there's a good match, a great angle. But I'm going to tell you when it's bad. And a lot of people don't want to hear when it's bad. So moving along. So we're going to talk about. Dynamite and how it I mean first of all they didn't sell out the numbers were a lot lower than they were for last year's show Listen, there's still a lot going on with the Punk and Bucks Omega uh, There's a steel so many people involved. There's more to the story that has come out There's a thorough investigation as I said on the last show and it's crazy now now the the CM Punk camp has backed off of uh, claiming that the Bucks had knocked the door down which kind of looks bad on them if they actually said the Bucks knocked the door down, unless that was just bad journalism, somebody reporting that. But there's a lot of things that's going on here that just seems like sketchy. And then now reportedly the Bucks didn't just go in there with Omega, they went in there with multiple people from their camp, the elite, and even Tony Khan's right hand uh, lawyer was in the room. Uh, I mean, again, all reportedly, so that's out of control and we're still waiting to hear from that. So therefore attendance, you know, naturally down. I mean, no, it was, it was still, I know now they went to sell less capacity this time around. They didn't anticipate getting the 20,000 they got last year. So while it was still a good house in no way am I trying to dismiss or, or be negative about the house. They, they drew close to what 15,000 I don't know how many paid but it doesn't matter it's still a great house to be fair I'm not I'm not being negative here so they open up with Jericho against Claudio for the ROH title and if you paid attention recently remember Jericho does commentary on Rampage we'll talk about that later and Jericho has mentioned over time that he's never been the ROH champion and just look at how fast it happened that he got a title shot. It was a matter of weeks. And now he's in a title match. He never had to beat anyone to get a title match. He's just Chris Jericho. So here's the title match. And listen, I'll be fair again. You know I am. At any point between 2003 2018 before aew had jericho shown up in ae excuse me aew had jericho shown up in roh and won the title no doubt fans would have marked out and welcomed him had they done some kind of crazy angle where the lights went out jericho's there and somehow he wins the title in some crazy like open challenge if you will yes people would have loved it but in 2022 with Ring of Honor no longer being fiercely independent. I have the shirt, by the way, going all the way back to 03. And it just simply doesn't come across as organic, more so forced, that Jericho got this match. And why? Because Jericho said he's never been ROH champion. And to no surprise, he won. Why, you ask? Because he works for Tony Khan jericho is like a spoiled rich kid who seldom hears the word no and it's sickening it's absolutely sickening look and in no way am i suggesting he disgraces the title i'm not obviously in kayfabe that's the storyline because he cheated to win you know the prestigious ring of honor title and i mean let's be fair jericho is a mark he's, he's turned into a mark like he he just wanted to add the title to his collection which is crazy it's like i wanted i wanted to add the title just so just so i can say ocho what dude what's going on and look i'm not ring of honor i don't know i don't know tony connor had seen a headline about him announcing that there's going to be some kind of tv deal soon who knows if that ever happens i hope it does But listen, I am truly sad for how Jericho's midlife crisis has spun out of control. Listen, he once worked for Uncle Eric and now everything handed to him that he gets is by Sugar Daddy Tony. Okay, Sugar Daddy Tony. What do you want, Chris? I give you this. And it's like, what? I mean, look, I'm not trying to ring of honor is, is in a transitional stage. I'm not making it's just a big deal that like jericho goes hey tony I, w- I want that title okay i'll give it to you no problem like what why all right I'm, I'm i'm venting maybe you agree or you disagree i don't know now while i could say tony dropped the ball at all out by the way you know what before i get into the next thing i'll say this it was a good match it was a good match. Of course, there's good work. Claudio, Jericho. I'm never saying Jericho can't work anymore. You know, he got back into shape. He looks better in the ring. It was good. And yeah, the angle at the not an angle, but he cheated to win. So it, Claudio got screwed out of the title. Not, I'm not saying that's bad. It's just how Jericho put himself in that situation. And ugh, whatever, politics, you know. Okay, moving along. Now, while I could say Tony dropped the bullet all out, not putting the tag titles on the acclaimed. It does make sense if this was his plan all along to give Castor and Bowens the titles at Grand Slam with them being local guys, Castor from Long Island, Bowens from Jersey. So yes, that makes sense. And, and by the way, to no surprise, the acclaimed once again popped the crowd like very few in the business today. I mean, that building, the roof almost came off. Not only when they the music hit, but when they won the title. It was crazy loud. I mean, the crowd was hot into this match. Everything that, that, I mean, look, most knew the inevitable result. But yet everyone was still into this match because they won at that moment when the ref counted one, two, three. And they got it. Tony delivered the acclaimed new tag team champions. So happy for them. It was awesome. Scissor me daddy ass. But yeah. So then after that, we get this backstage segment. With uh, FTR and the Gun Club, and and to be fair here, the Gun Club really came off well on the mic, you know, throwing those little insults at FTR about them being champions of almost every company yet not being on television, and you know they threw a little more insults that I didn't write down, so I forget. But they look good in this, and uh, uh, of course FTR is the number one contender. I don't know when or what the plan is. If they're going to take the titles off the acclaim, I hope the acclaimed hold on to the titles for a while. Does that mean FTR has to turn heel to become tag champs? Possibly. I don't know. Um, that's, again, not easy as a booker to make those decisions. But that match is going to happen at some point unless the acclaimed gets screwed out of the titles to someone else. I don't know. So MJF gets the hometown hero Welcome. He says the devil has arrived and that makes you all my loyal devil worshippers. Now Wheeler Yuta was out there by the way, I'm not forgetting him. But it was an odd back and forth with with Yuta and, and MJF because for the first time we actually got to see life from Wheeler Yuta. He now I don't know if you know someone wrote his lines and told him how to say this and he delivered them whatever. I don't know, but he had some good jabs in MJF. The crowd actually reacted to some of his jabs, so again, he's showing some personality, which is necessary to go forward as a star in the business. So good for him. Uh, but then, of course, W Morrissey, which is such a weird name, uh, he attacked, and uh, Will Uda got knocked out by everybody. So whatever. Then we get Pac defeated Orange Cassidy. They did another screw job finish there just to protect Orange Cassidy. You know, that's Tony's boy. So they're not going to beat him clean. So uh, Pac cheats to win. And then the women's four-way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the funny part about that match was while it wasn't great, I'm not going to say it was bad ember moon ember moon that's funny i did that right <laughs> uh man athena was really over with that crowd with with some of her moves that she put on so that was uh you know of course tony storm kept the title i mean i don't know what they're gonna do with jamie hayter and that whole situation of course now she seemed like she she pledged her allegiance to Britt baker for the moment anyway and attacked tony storm and then we get soraya soraya debuts in aew and everyone's like oh the artist formerly known as Paige is now in AEW." but again what's her status i don't know can she get in the ring has she been medically cleared she's had a lot of issues over the years well well i guess we'll find out and see but um and i don't mean to be critical here and it's going to come across as that but Does she look anything like she used to look like? I mean, do you see the work she's had done on her face? Oh, my God. Like, what happened to her nose, her cheekbones, her everything? She went full Hollywood. And if you don't see it, you're blind. Because there's no way she did not have work done on her face. She is hardly recognizable from what she once looked like. So, and then we get the main event. Moxley Danielson I had talked about it on the last show I wasn't sure where they would go after I thought about it on the show I thought you know Moxley made more sense to win even though of course then he would be beating Danielson again and then what does that put Danielson I don't know that's kind of bizarre that Danielson would put him over twice and that happened so Moxley beat Danielson a second time and I was like okay all right so they did that, and, um, you know, it was it was good. I'm not saying it was bad. I mean, finally, uh, first of all, I don't think Moxley bled, which was a surprise <laughs> because he loves the bleed, but not this match. Danielson, I mean, there were chops, but it wasn't as bad as some of their matches with the chopping. It was good. It was good. The finish was okay. And now we're gonna lean towards uh what they're gonna do with with mjf i guess cashing it at some point i mean i don't i don't know i imagine full gear i I wouldn't I, i imagine we're gonna get moxley and mjf unless something happens who knows so moving along uh rampage listen to this okay so I just finished watching rampage actually i didn't finish yet but i'm 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 almost caught up so they do this battle royal to determine the number one contender and they were gonna have a match i guess in cincinnati moxley against the winner of this right and i'm just thinking to myself i'm like another battle royal to determine a number one contender why why do they have to do this all the time and then it made me think like well how about not for the tnt title why not have a battle row to to number one contender to Wardlow? Do something interesting with Wardlow because they've done nothing. The TNT title has is almost been forgotten in a way. Like we know he has it, but he, there's been nothing of meaning to it for a while. I mean, yeah, he defends it, but in these squash matches, there hasn't been a good match with him in in how long. And I'm not saying we should take the title off him, but you have to do something with an angle. And, and involving some top star to face him at some point. I mean, I just don't think Tony Khan knows what to do. It's like, yeah, we have the title on him. Okay, we'll focus on all these other secondary titles. Maybe people will forget and they'll still support Wardlow. I, I don't know what his thought process is. I mean, the title has been essentially put on the shelf. It, it used to mean something. It was defended all the time. And now it's just sitting on a guy because they don't know what to do with it. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So I, I mean I don't know what the plans are. I really don't. And I, I did see the the MJ oh, MJF again on my head. Um, Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston match. This was better. I mean, if you're not familiar with the story, there was legit heat between the two backstage, where apparently or reportedly now uh, Eddie pie faced Sammy. And he received the suspension, which really didn't come out. It was kind of behind closed doors. And um, then they decided to make the match, which leads me to believe they obviously sat down and talked, and and were able to move on with the issue that they had. Because you know, I don't think they were going to wrestle each other unless they squashed the beef. And then it was funny that Sammy started the match by calling him a fat piece of shit. So obviously they, and you could tell they were working nobody was laying anything in um kingston was was with his weak forearms that he loves to throw of course with his strong style and uh you know i mean here's the one thing i don't like and and i've said this before if you're a new listener you'll hear it for the first time if not you're probably sick of it if you're in a match that they were having like a feud a legit feud a bit of a brawl if you will outside the ring why is Sammy throwing forearms? You're outside the ring. The ref isn't going to disqualify you for throwing a closed fist. Throw a closed fist. These guys got to learn how to punch. It's ridiculous how bad it looks. You're in a fight. The reason you throw a forearm in the ring is because a closed fist is illegal. Put some logic into these matches. Jesus. It's like, you're outside the ring, fists are flying, let them fly. But they still gotta throw forearms because they watch it in New Japan. So they're like, yeah, that's what we're gonna do, we're gonna throw forearms. Because they look cool to the fans who have never been in a real fight. <laughs> oh man, I can go on with that for a while. So, um, the rating was down, not significantly down nothing to be alarmed but it's still a bit of a uh you know like uh, why you know this is one of your bigger shows and your rating drops so people will point hey no punk no bucks no omega and they still did a million at least so i don't know Uh, i don't know what your thoughts on on that are but i don't think it's bad I mean, the Rampage rating was up, which is cool because they did a two-hour show. They had over 500,000, and that number had been really dwindling and and well south of 500,000. So good for them there. Um, The the SmackDown rating. By the way, I haven't seen WWE in a while. I apologize. I have to catch up on so many things wrestling-wise because the NFL is so much focused on that and fantasy and so many things just in life and general work, you name it. Um, I haven't seen WWE in a while, but I know their rating... For SmackDown was what a 2.4, if not 2.5. It was some crazy number they haven't had in a couple years. So good for them. I mean, listen, Triple H. It's gonna take time, but people are watching. The eyeballs are there. Now, conversely, to be fair, uh, the raw rating has taken a major hit, courtesy Monday Night Football. I referenced that last week. The ratings took another dip. Um, although, you know what? As of Tuesday night, I didn't check the ratings last night. So let's go do that right now. Let's see the raw rating from last night if it's in because I know everything is so slow. Let me see. So they they did. Oh, wow. The Monday Night Football game drew 19 million people with uh, the Giants and Cowboys. So Raw did an overall composite of one point six seven. So, I mean, it's you know, it's very similar to what they had done previously. And they're going to just keep taking that beating, I guess. I mean, it was up a little bit from last week, but not much. Um, it's just hard to compete against Monday Night Football. 20 million people watch that game. Wow, that's crazy. And it was a good game. And um, we're going to briefly talk about the NFL on the other side. Morton's podcast back after this. Moran's Law Podcast back here for this final segment talking about the NFL. Let's get right into it. The game of the weekend was in Miami. You had the undefeated Bills versus the undefeated Dolphins. And to many people's surprise, the Dolphins won. And look, Josh Allen, they talked about the heat. Everybody was exhausted. It was ridiculously hot down there, which is a weak excuse. To be fair, though, unless the Dolphins somehow have home field advantage, which the season is still extremely young, the Bills aren't going to have to play in that environment again. I think the Bills are still the better team. They just didn't have... I mean, look, the offense struggled at times. Obviously, Diggs went out of the game cramping because of the heat. And uh, once he didn't return, it was just... It it was a different offense, to be fair. It's a different offense with with him off the field. Tua wasn't great. I mean, Josh Allen still threw for 400 yards. 400 yards with Diggs essentially not playing for a quarter plus. And, uh, you know, he just didn't execute down the stretch. They had some bad possessions. And uh, Ken Dorsey lost his mind. (laughs) If you saw the video of him, like, destroying the booth as the game came to an end because McKenzie didn't get out of bounds and they ended up having the clock just expire. <laughs> so they never got a field off because they couldn't snap the ball before the game ended. And that's just bad. That's just really bad not knowing the situation as a player. You have to get out of bounds or give yourself up because that would have given them more time to at least run up and spike the ball. Instead, he's trying to get extra yards on the play. It's just too many meathead moments in the NFL or sports in general where guys just don't realize the situation. I mean, that's something I'm sure they practice, you know, last minute of a game. What are you doing? You're getting out of bounds. You're giving yourself up so we can spike it. Don't fight for the extra yards. I mean, Tua was okay. You know, Waddle, another big game, four catches, 102 yards as I look at this box score here. I mean, you know, Tua was held in check for the most part, 13-18, to 18, 186. Very little on the ground from from either team. I mean Singletary had a really good conclusion to last year and they just haven't really run him the way they did with Dable as the offensive coordinator now and carries 13 yards. I mean you know, I mean, I don't know what's going on there. Of course he's on one of my fantasy teams, so that's tough to deal with. But you know, the Dolphins three and and0 so no one no one saw that coming. And of course, the Tua haters are nauseous. So um, the next game we'll get into was the other uh, upset, if you will. I mean, you know, it's, it's so early in the season. The Ra- uh, not the Raiders, excuse me. The Chiefs on the road against the winless Indianapolis Colts find a way to lose, and that was just bizarre because the Colts looked like crap. The prior week getting shut out by Jacksonville. Again, you know, in the NFL, you come back home and you play better. That that does happen. But um, the Chiefs just looked like a team on the road. They really did. It's crazy to say. And, um, you know, Mahomes was, was pedestrian in this game. Only the one touchdown pass with the interception. You know, you don't expect Matt Ryan to beat you, but, you know, he really did. He had the two touchdown passes. Jonathan Taylor still hasn't been able to get anything going 3.4 yards a carry in this game Just not much going on there and the Chiefs really don't run the ball. So it's just like That is not good. They have to find a way to run uh, Edwards Alera a little bit more than they do I mean seven carries for zero yards. you got to get him more carries You know a lot of these like I watch these games sometimes and and I know I'm gonna go off on a tangent here But I'm watching the the, the Cowboys-Giants game last night, and I look at the box score, and I see the Giants are down. They have 13 points before they had kicked the field goal to make it 16. And I see Saquon Barkley has 14 carries, and he was averaging almost six yards a carry. And then you look over, and you see Daniel Jones has 31 pass attempts. And you think, well, if that number for Saquon was a little higher and the number for Jones was a little lower... Would the Giants have more points on the board? And that's on the head coach. I mean, clearly, Dable isn't calling the plays, but he has a lot of influence on the game, and he could tell his offensive coordinator, run the ball more than you are. I mean, Daniel Jones isn't Josh Allen. So, um, you know, if I'm the head coach of that team, I want Saquon to get more carries. I'm not worrying about him getting injured. I'm sorry. That's out of my head at this point. You know, I, I want that guy getting 25 carries. And if he gets hurt, oh, well, he's in a contract gear. Um, Not my problem anymore. I'm sorry. I'm running him into the ground because that's how I can win football games. Unless the Giants are not tanking, so to speak, but they're going to play close games and maybe not try to win every game so they can still get a respectable draft pick and try to find a way to get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, which is, you know, they're all the quarterbacks in the draft, of course, but. Little things you see as you watch these games just make you go, what are they doing? What are they doing? So uh, I'll talk about my Bears here, which no one will care about unless you're a fan. Uh, the Bears go to 2-1 and one, beating the Texans. It was, it was an ugly game. I mean, a lot of turnovers in this game. I mean, look, Justin Fields is not good. Now, I know he doesn't have a lot to work with. I know he doesn't have his receivers that he had at Ohio State. I know the offensive line... I mean, to be fair, the offensive line blocks the run really well. Montgomery got hurt in this game. Khalil Herbert, 20 carries, 157 yards. Almost 8 yards a carry. That's crazy. By the way, the Bears play the Giants this coming Sunday. And the Giants gave up about 6 yards a carry to Pollard and Zeke. So... I don't know Montgomery status, but uh, Herbert might have a field day against that Giants uh, defense. And to be fair, I mean, I don't know. I don't trust Fields, but maybe he can have a better game that opens up the run. A Roquan Smith with a big uh, interception off a deflected pass that set up the game-winning touchdown for the Bears. Two and one. I mean, they're not going anywhere. I know that. I mean, look, they were competitive in Lambeau. They were in the game, obviously horrible play calling at the goal line where you give the ball a field in shotgun formation instead of having uh, Montgomery run who was, like, shredding the Packer defense. Just little things you see from coaching staffs that make you scratch your head. And then you go, oh, yeah, that's why they get fired. Right, right there. There's your example. That guy is going to get fired because he's an idiot. I mean, it's like, what the fuck? What am I watching? Like you put the quarterback and shotgun from five yards out and then you expect them to, to get into the end zone. Instead of handing the ball to the running back who's been gashing the defense for like six, seven yards a clip. Just mindless. Uh, moving along in the league quickly here. Uh, the Bengals on the board, of course, playing the Jets helps. On the board, meaning the, the win column. 27-12 at the Meadowlands. The Jets defense just looks... Ugh. I mean, although the run defense is respectable, I don't know. Joe Mixon isn't getting off to a good start here either. Uh, For some reason, 12 carries, 24 yards. Also on my fantasy team. Speaking of which, fantasy teams for me struggling this year. Struggling, an understatement. The only league I'm doing well in is my own created league, also known as the cock and balls league. I'm 3-0 in that league, 1-2 in my other money league, and 0-3 in my auction league that I was champion of two years ago. Although, 0-3 with two very close losses, by a point and a half, and then this week I lost by six. And again, getting no production from Mixon, nothing from Najee Harris, it's just like, what's going on? And then P. Ryan had nine carries, 47 yards. Like I don't know what's going on with Mixon. Hopefully, listen, last year he proved to me down the stretch of the season that he was legit back. I always had a question mark about Mixon prior to last year. He wasn't one of the guys I looked to draft. Now I did. And, of course, I get burned. That makes sense. So, Burrow got better as, as this game went. I mean, three touchdowns, 275. Again, on the Jets. Um, so, they get in the win column. The Raiders. Ugh, what a mess the Raiders are. The Raiders dropped to 0-3, losing... To the Tennessee Titans who had gotten destroyed by the Bills on Monday night. The Raiders look like the Raiders. I don't know. People are already calling for McDaniel's head out there, which is insane considering. I mean, look, let's be fair. We talked about Derek Carr and the decisions he makes in games. Renfro didn't play is another factor. But Derek Carr, I don't know. Is he the guy there? Granted, he has that connection with Adams from college, but still... Is McDaniels going to keep Carr going forward? Maybe they can do better there without Carr. I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of Carr. I mean, yeah, he threw for 300 yards. 26 for 44. Eh, you know, percentages could be better. through the pick. I mean, granted, it was it was deflected, but... I don't know. That's a bad loss for the Raiders. And uh, just looking around the league. Baltimore, wow. Um... Jackson was phenomenal in this game. Lamar Jackson ran for 107 yards with a touchdown, threw for 218, four touchdown passes against the Patriots. Mac Jones, uh uh-oh, what's going on there? Yeah, he threw for 321, but three interceptions, and he got uh, cracked at the end of the game. So he came up hobbling. I'm not sure of his status for this coming week. But, uh, listen, the Patriots, again, they don't put much around them. Devontae Parker did have a big game, 5-for-156. And then there's just a bunch of, ugh, you know. It's like, and Hunter Henry can't get going. Nothing going on of Hunter Henry. Uh, just looking around the league. How about Jacksonville? Jacksonville goes into San Diego. Granted, but I mean, listen, Herbert's hurt. Um, his receivers are banged up. And Jacksonville put it on them. Absolutely crush them. I mean, Jacksonville is, is a team. They look good. They look, I mean, they got a lot to, it's, there's something there with Jacksonville. Two and one now. The South is up for grabs, let's be fair. Tennessee's slow start. The Colts, blah, you know, Houston, uh, Jacksonville, hmm, you know, Jacksonville, they can run the ball with Robinson, 17 carries, a hundred yards. You know Lawrence wasn't bad. I mean, three. Tu- I mean, I shouldn't say wasn't bad. It three touchdown passes, two sixty-two. And and Herbert, you know, couldn't do much. You just passer rating only seventy-four. I mean, just there's so many guys. And Mike Williams, one catch, fifteen yards. Granted, it was a touchdown, but what's going on there? There, that offense is struggling. Let me see, Minnesota. Beat Detroit 28-24. Dalvin Cook injured again. Not sure of his status going forward, but that's one of those guys in fantasy I stay away from, just knowing his history. Of course, Jamal Williams scored two touchdowns because I didn't play him on FanDuel. He, it's funny, he scored two first week. Second week, I play him. So there's nothing. Third week, I don't play him. Two touchdowns. So I'm going to stay away from him this week because I don't know what the hell's going on there. Of course, Swift has been hobbled, so Williams is getting more touches. He had 20 carries. Swift is another guy who seems to get hurt a lot. And here's the story of this game. Justin Jefferson, three catches, 14 yards. If you remember how he looked in week one against the Packers, everyone talked about, oh wow, they're using him like Cooper cup. Yeah, what happened there? Because he's had now two mediocre weeks in a row. So, I don't know. They have to somehow fix that to get Jefferson going. Because that's a mess. I mean, they won, to be fair. They won. Vikings 2-1. Looking around the rest of the league. The Browns beat the Steelers on Thursday night. Everyone's already calling for Mitch's head. They want him out of there. Although, uh, Tomlin with the vote of confidence, which people are questioning... Everyone wants picket in the game. Feels like they could stretch the field more. Trubisky's more limited. Although he did have some nice passes at the end of the game, of course, from behind with everyone in the prevent defense, so that helped Mitch because, uh, you know, I mean, he's not really good. <laughs> he's not good. I mentioned Najee Harris not doing anything. Although he did score in that game, but just overall, I mean, he's not running the ball. The Eagles are three and zero. The Eagles, I mean, they look like a well oiled machine. Jalen Hurts, 22 35, 340, three touchdown passes. Devontae Smith, who was, what, non existent in week one, eight catches, 169 in a touchdown. I mean, the Eagles may clinch the NFC East by week eight. I mean, geez, they they look like a monster right now. But it's the Commanders, let's be fair. I mean, Let me see. The Panthers beat the Saints. McCaffrey had 100 yards. Olave, nine catches, 147 in in a loss. And then the Rams beat the Cardinals 20-12. Not much going on there. Stafford was mediocre. Hollywood Brown, 14 catches, a buck 40 in defeat. Kyler Murray threw the ball 58 times. That's crazy. 58 times. They're not even trying to run the football. James Conner had 13 carries, but yikes, 58 throws. Conversely, Stafford only threw the ball 25 times. That's insane. So that wraps up the quick review of the NFL. And that will wrap up another edition of Morton's Little Podcast. Oh, by the way, Aaron Judge uh, still on 60 as of earlier this evening i haven't gotten any alerts that he hit 61 yet in toronto tonight and uh that's about it so thank you again for checking out another edition of morten's podcast i'll be back when i'm back <laughs> you know how life goes right uh please spread the word follow me on twitter subscribe on youtube please yeah i know i need to put more videos out. i know i know and uh we'll see you again take care and god bless gay sex